The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! <laughs> How about that? Time for another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. It's episode 25. On today's show, we have Delithius. Dave Swan from rotofanatic.com is here to talk about fantasy baseball with his Fire and Ice series. Join Christopher Deary and Michael Govier. As they get into the latest and greatest in fantasy baseball. Take it away, boys! Welcome back, everybody. It's time for another edition of the Hey, It's Rico Blazo Baseball Podcast. It's the day before spring training. Technically starts tomorrow. Uh, it's Thursday. Who the hell knows what's going on with that? Uh, my co-host, as always, is here with me, Mr. Christopher Deary. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hope everyone's doing well out there on uh, Christmas Eve. Some summer camp Eve, spring training Eve. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll try to flesh that out if we can figure it out with our special guest today. We have none other than Davithius. Dave Swan joins us from Roto Fanatic. Uh, boy, he's on Twitter. He does all kinds of stuff. How's it going, Dave? It's going great. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate you letting me jump on here. Hey, we appreciate you, man. You do good work, and I like your style on Twitter, always keeping it real. Uh, I actually think of you every time. The first thought I have with you is uh, when we talked about music. I think I posted like a lag wagon song a couple months ago, and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember those days. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that guy remembers. Yeah, it was a good time then. A whole lot less worries in life, and music was everything. It was. That's definitely true. Oh. Well, you can, <laughs> things have changed a little bit. Uh, you know, Dave is like us. He's a Midwesterner, right? Is that fair to say? All the way, yeah. All the way. All right. So you could you can find us on uh, Twitter, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, uh, Palazzo Podcast at protonmail.com. And email us. Let us know what you're thinking of this season. Do you have show ideas? We'd love to talk segments that listeners come up with. We appreciate you. We welcome you. And your input is always valued here on the show. So, Dave, yeah, like Deary said, we're on the brink here. Uh, spring training eve, technically. And I'm first wondering, you know, how have you been holding up, man? Uh, what's your story here? Uh, you know, where can people find you and stuff, too? So kind of just introduce yourself, too. Uh, how you've been getting through the quarantine and all that? I mean, like you said, you can find me on Twitter at Davithius. Um, I end up doing a lot of stuff with you guys over at Roto Fanatic, as we just jumped off on that site. I'm on Twitter majority of the day, just 
checking it out, having baseball conversations with everybody. You know, it's passion of my life, just baseball and fantasy. It's what I do. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I don't know if it's a, a boring or not thing to say, but it's, it's a huge hobby in my life. So how you been uh, hanging on these last few months? I mean, are you someone who works oh, outside the house or? No, the I mean, it's been brutal out here. Um, you know, my main my main job is uh, sales of liquor. And oh. we, yeah, so we've been deemed essential in the state of Illinois. So we've never really stopped. It's actually been nonstop 24 uh, seven ever since everything hit. So it's been very, very hectic. So, I mean, like I said, just go, go, go nonstop. Yeah, that's gotta be, I mean, you gotta be out there every day still grinding then, so you can't shut down, but are people buying liquor in the same numbers they were already before? I'd assume they weren't. Exponentially higher, exponentially. Oh. It's, you know, everybody's staying at home. People aren't going to work. So the drinking's kind of gone up a little bit. We've needed something ah. to de- something to de-stress in our life and you can only watch so many soap operas and only hear so many baseball podcasts before <laughs> you just gotta have a drink and uh <laughs> that's been what's helped me get through is i listen to a lot of podcasts man i do as much writing as i can just hanging out with family and and you know that's why i love listening to like your guys's pod it's very uh you know it's baseball but then it's very much just you two guys hanging out and talking which is you know very refreshing to hear you can tell that there's a good cohesiveness between you two. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. I mean, we're basically like, uh, I don't know, same birthday, same age, same environment. We've basically had similar experiences most of our lives, except Deary doesn't have hair and I do. That's <laughs> he's, he's married. We both have failed out of multiple colleges and college, <laughs> uh, plus of different jobs. And uh, yeah, I was talking about this the other day, Mike. Because we haven't had baseball, and you know, our pod has kind of been all over the place trying to come up with other ideas to talk about. Like, if we didn't get along, I, I don't think this pod would have made it because uh, we had to talk about so many other things besides baseball. And the good thing is, we shared so many frustrations, uh, which, which made things fun over the, the last couple months. And uh, I'm super excited now that uh, we're actually going to be gearing up for some baseball and we can really dive deep into, uh, you know, some pl- talking players and talking predictions. And we've had some fantastic guests over the last month. And uh, I'm excited to have Dave on the pod. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. You don't know that. You know, that's true. I completely agree. So let's get into it then. Let's get into leading off. Spring training. It's upon us. But what the hell's going on? I felt like I was the only fool because I couldn't really find out the information on this damn thing. But as more people I talked to, the more people that were slowly willing to admit that, oh, yeah, I was trying to look like I knew what I was talking about. But in truth, I have no idea what the hell is going on. So what is this not really what it seems to be? It's the summer camp thing, like Deary mentioned, is more apropos than a spring training. Yeah, it was so funny. I, you texted me today, and you're just like, dude, I can't find anything. He's like, aren't there supposed to be like games on TV tomorrow? And I'm like, I don't think it's working like that, Mike. I don't think they're going to be playing against each other. I no, think yeah, yeah. I think you're just going to get – my fear is that you're just going to get fed lines from teams. Like, 
that they're going to want to put out there to you, right? They're not going to want to give all the information. I would not want to be telling everybody the, my business until I'd rather spring it on them at the start of a game and, you know, when the MLB season actually kicks off. So I, I take it with a grain of salt, but you'll get tidbits here and there. And I guess that's true. I, I guess I just got way too psyched up. I thought we set a date and there'd be a whole schedule of spring training games. And I know that we're all in our home parks, but I just didn't put two and two together. And I freely admit that now. That is definitely my fault. But there are injuries that will happen. Uh, I mean, Jose Quintana was a guy today. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks because he had minor surgery on his hand. He cut his hand washing dishes or some shit. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what they're saying. But again, and take I, it with a great, take it with a grain of salt. I hope that's the story. Right. Well, Who knows? Like mystery injuries that you always get. Uh, yeah, yeah. He just cut himself. Uh, he uh, he was carrying some logs up some stairs and, and fell backwards and uh, wrenched his back. Uh, come on, I'd really like to know the true stories behind this. I know a lot of wonky injuries for athletes. It's it's pretty funny. Well, baseball is the worst at it too. Trevor Bauer had the the, uh, drone, the drone injury. Remember that one? <laughs> Yeah, like the Sammy Sammy Sosa uh, sneezed and hurt his back. It's all. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh that's a goodness. classic, Dave. Good call. Mm. So there's three actual games that are allowed to be played, and I don't know when those are going to occur exactly. Otherwise, it looks like we're looking at intra-squad games. Is that how you understand it, Dave? That's how I'm taking it. Yeah, it's just I saw I think some pictures today from the Yankees Park where Cole was pitching to Judge, so. I don't know how they're going to get all this out there, but yeah, it's just going to be, I think a lot of team versus team. And then we'll get just a handful of games. If that, that'll be played, you know, like you said, just that out there, it's going to be very interesting. Very. I'm just going to play it as I go. I, I, can't, I can't put a whole lot of stock into it at the moment, but yeah, it, I agree. It's, it's going to be something crazy. I can't wait to talk about this years to come. <laughs> Mike, maybe we can, uh, head down to Comerica and kind of snoop in and see what's going on inside on, on the field. <laughs> well, that was one of the things that they were talking about in an article I read that, what about fans hanging around the stadium on the outside? I'm like, I mean, you can't get into a stadium unless you know somebody. They, those things are like fortresses. It's not like it used to be in the 50s and 60s and 70s when you know, people are sneaking into games in the 40s or something. Absolutely. There's that fence in the outfield there. If you climb up on the fence and get, like, you know, some binoculars, you might be able to see down into uh, the field and see really what's going on. But, uh, well, what about, what about like, beat reporters out there? I feel like the guys really close to the team would kind of get dissolve, like, out all the information that you would really need. Like, I would think those guys would really be in the know, if anybody, like your local mm -hmm. people. That's a good point. I mean, I, people who are going to be there every day – don't get the access though, because reporters aren't going to be allowed into the locker rooms, but they could still, you're right, be up in like the press box or whatever, just because all the way I understand it, all activities will be taking place at the baseball stadiums, even like practice yeah. and scrimmages, right? Like here in Detroit, Comerica Park, they're over there now, or maybe they were earlier, just taking batting practice or doing calisthenics. I don't know. No, I agree. I think I saw pictures yeah, of like Braun and Yelich as well in Miller Park doing stuff. So I would think you've got to be really close to the team to see anything. I think maybe I'll bump up really looking at the, uh, at the local people in each team if, I, if I'm going to be looking for stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. I, I've, <laughs> seen, uh, I've seen a lot of people think this won't happen still. There's a lot of conspiracy theories and saying, well, you know, they're trying to make it look like there's going to be a season, but then they're going to pull the plug. And that's why there's really no set spring training schedule because they don't believe that this is actually going to take flight. But it seems silly to me that they would 
go through all this hassle, right? I agree. I think at this point, there's way too much money involved. There's way too much stuff going on. They'd have the stage of like the world right now if they could just get baseball up and running, just put it in front of us. And I'm certain if we're talking about baseball and there is no baseball at the moment, we all believe that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think yeah. basketball's kind of been a similar similar deal where there's players starting to kind of back out. Most of it has to do with injury and maybe coming back from injury. You know, and the same thing applies to baseball. But I'm pretty confident that the season's going to happen. Guys are going to test positive. Guys are going to have to sit out for a couple weeks. It's going to be a total mishmash of a season, but I, I'm 100% confident we will get that 60 games in. Oof, 100% confidence. I like it. So bottom line then, is there anything to take away from this spring training experiment, Dave? Anything? Just injuries possibly? or I keep looking at the injury reports. That's what I'm you know, looking for. Maybe we'll find out some of these uh, rotations. We're hearing a lot about, you know, if guys are going to be able to ramp up and go three innings, four innings, five innings. So I'm kind of keeping that pretty close to my analysis, you know, as I'm reading things. I hope mm-hmm. everyone else kind of is. Yeah, Deary, do you think that if there's three games played, it doesn't look like they have to even play the three exhibition games. It's just the max they're allowed to do. What's the point of the spring training then, just to kind of – get in shape a baseball shape gear up the arms a little bit uh yeah baseball shape maybe yeah I, I think gearing up the arms more than anything getting those reps uh to see some live pitching i know some guys have been you know going out on some backfields uh and maybe meeting up with some other guys from the teams but yeah i mean what's the what's the schedule here is this two and a half three weeks and then we get into live action like have you ever july 23rd 24th yeah, the 23rd is the, the first day. I mean, I took off all week just to be able to watch those games. Amazing. <laughs> that is the yeah. kind of dedication you get from Davithius. Yeah, uh, so three weeks. What are you, you going to get out of three weeks? I mean, it's you're gonna, it's going to be a rough first week for some of these teams. Uh, you're going to see who's in shape. You're going to see, uh, you know, what arms have stayed healthy over this break. And uh, – Fantasy is going to be so wild these first couple weeks. I know. And my biggest fear is that we're going to get a second round of just Tommy Johns and guys injuring their arms, ramping up too quickly. I know that medically we've gotten so much better with this, but that's where it ends up happening is when these guys start pushing themselves too hard, too, too fast. I hope for the sake of all of them, they actually do go kind of slow and we don't see anything. Yeah, I don't see anyone going out opening day when you got, you know, Garrett Cole against uh, Max Scherzer. I don't see either of them going seven, eight innings. I think you're seeing maybe four innings out of each guy, and then you're hopping into the whole thing. Absolutely. Very true. And the other thing is they've already been at, like, facilities. The Phillies had that outbreak a week or so ago anyway, so they've already been, like, together. I think this is just a a name-only type thing. Yeah, we're calling it spring training summer camp, but they've already been doing – whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah, I think so too. I think these guys have actually been told a little bit beforehand to start ramping themselves up and they, they could be in some better shape than we assume. Yeah, that's the chaos here. So in the regular season, I'm curious about who has the advantages. Dave, in your opinion, from a fantasy perspective, what teams benefit, what teams get hurt by the lumping of the East and the West and the Centrals all together into these 10 team divisions. Do you see anybody in particular be like, wow, that's a good news uh, piece of information for them and other people like the Tigers were already going to suck anyways, but it, does this change things for teams like them or what do you think? 
it's still going to be a small sample size, right? 60 games. And as we sh- saw last year, the first 60, the last 60 were so comparatively different. So it, it's hard for me to say, ah, oh, Detroit's going to still suck. I mean, you just never know in a short 60 games that those guys could end up doing something. I'm not saying that they're going to win the World Series, but <laughs> I like, <laughs> but I still like these, you know, um, I still like these teams to be a lot closer. We start talking about trade deadlines. Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? It's going to be so much tighter than you assume. It's not going to be quite as uh, defined when it comes to the sort of that thing. Uh, I like the teams that, um, you know, when I've done analysis, I've been pushing up more of the AL teams just for the sake of that DL slot. I think they're going to be a little bit more used to it, especially with those pitchers. Um, I'm looking at teams that have had, that have a bunch of depth teams that push guys around into different places you know, I love this. I was buying in on L.A. before, but, man, it feels like everyone can play everywhere there. And then uh, teams with deep bull, deep bullpens, I think, are going to have the initial start right away. Uh, I really like the I really like the teams in the East as far as the powerhouse teams because it seems over there it's very good or very bad. The NL seemed very – or sorry, the uh, Central seemed very even to me. And then I still like out West for it to be like the Dodgers. It's just a powerhouse to me. I don't know how you can really stop those guys. Yeah. The Dodgers are so loaded and the depth is everywhere and pitchers who are going to be the top studs who get to have that advantage. I think Clayton Kershaw gets a little bit of a bump because he's somebody who's going to take the ball every fifth or sixth day, depending how they do it. I could see them doing a six man with all the pitchers they have too, but it still Mm -hmm. is valuable to have a guy like that who can give you seven innings if he's not hurt, of course. Right. We could, they could be taxing these bullpens pretty darn fast with it being games pretty tight. Um, starters going less. Like you could see these guys getting, you know, the, them depleting them. I know they got the taxi squads they can call up, but yeah, yeah, this is just going to be a whole new brand of baseball. So it's tough for me to look at last year and put it into this year. It's, I feel like you're going to do a lot of just feel off of this as far as analysis. And, and you'll do some of that stuff with numbers, but then it'll come down to, well, I feel this way, I feel that way. You know, anything could, is possible. <laughs> it sure is. If you get to have a majority, or not a majority, but if you get to have more of your games against a team like the Orioles or the Tigers or the Pirates, that's a bonus for teams in those divisions where there's crappy teams. If you were going to play the Orioles, you know, only four times, and now you get to play them yep. 12, you know, a lot more times, that's a game changer. So the schedule means a lot to me. And in figuring out what matters in this season, as crazy and un, you know, unverifiable as it is, I don't know how you get a ton of data to try to get the edge on this. Is, is there data that you can use? Or should we just throw out everything and just deal with this one anomaly of a season? I think I'm you look at – go, go ahead. ahead. No, I it, – yeah, it's hard to judge based on, like, last year. I do look at a team like Tampa – based on, you know, what they've been doing the last few years with their starting pitching staff and having openers, it's something that they're used to. They're also a team, you know, Dave, David talked about, you know, teams that, you know, players can move all over the place like LA. And I think Tampa is very similar to that. The, the Eastern division is my favorite division out of all, all of them. Cause I think you have some powerhouses with the Yankees and the Braves interested to see what the nationals are going to do, but yeah, it's so hard to judge fantasy wise. And I, you know, I still haven't drafted a fantasy team yet, which I'm, I'm glad that I haven't yet, but I have no idea how to rank starting pitchers and what their value is going to be going into the season because 
I play in most of my leagues that I play in, I play in one league that has quality starts. I play in one league that does wins. It's, our pitcher is going to go long enough to get wins. It's, is someone going to go six innings to get a quality start? So I don't know how to judge these guys when it goes into, you know, drafting fantasy pitchers. So I'm going to need some help from uh, those other experts out there that are, uh, that are diving deeper into the numbers, but you know, it, it's, it's going to be similar to a fantasy football in a way where like the game is going to dictate so much. You have no idea whether your guy's going to get your, get his hundred pitches. You have no idea if someone's going to get their four to five at bats that are guaranteed. They're playing 60 games in 66 days. Guys are going to have to get some rest. It's going to be in the dead hot summer. So it's so hard to judge and it's going to make it such a exciting fantasy season because of the unknown. I think everyone's on an even playing field. Well, <laughs> I think you just summed up how I feel about most of this. Well said, Deary. Uh, quickly, there's a couple guys sitting out. Ryan Zimmerman, Ian Desmond announced he's sitting out. Woohoo! Thank you, Ian. Anytime a Rocky can be eliminated from the equation, that's good news for every fantasy player. Uh, there's still a lot of unknowns with the Rockies. I don't think that makes a huge difference because I don't think he was going to get a lot of playing time anyways, but... Do you buy into new opportunities for people who are sitting out, Dave? Do you think like Mike Leake, oh, he's not playing now. So more opportunity or eh, it's just one more name to cross off the list because these rosters are 60 players deep. Right. So let's think about this. If you were drafting any one of those three, you were either playing it in an incredibly deep league or you were just, you, you had a, you had a draft guide from four years ago, right? <laughs> like there's just no way you were taking one of these guys as like, <laughs> a part of your team and thinking that this was make or break. Yeah. You know, or I want to play against leagues with you. If that's well, the Mike way Leak's always good. Mike Leak is always good for like a pickup on a stream. I will give him that, but you're right. I wouldn't draft. The, yeah. There were some things in Desmond wasn't incredibly terrible last year at times. You know, he still played in Colorado. And like I said, I do a lot of DFS. So there's, there's room for there, but you know, like I don't, I'm surprised there hasn't been more opt outs. Um, I had a you know an idea of doing like an opt out bingo card with a bunch of names on it. Oh, that's a great a, idea! <laughs> right, we could have put all these names, and someone could have eventually had a bingo, and you know if we had the opt outs, and then like only those three came out so far. And I'm like, man, why? How is that possible? We haven't had more, and maybe yeah. once we get into summer, spring, whatever training, we'll get a few more. <laughs> I think maybe we expected more by now. Uh, I really did. There hasn't been any big names. I mean, the three guys you mentioned, uh, Zimmerman, Desmond, and Leak. Yeah, those guys are streaming guys, or you know, you need to spend a couple hundred bucks in DFS. Yeah, I'm really shocked. I'm shocked at the moment, but I still think we'll get a couple more. Absolutely, that is probably a certainty. Uh, hit us up on the show, by the way. Uh, did you find any of this useful? Do you think we're clueless people? Let us know. <laughs> Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's at protonmail.com. There's a lot of unknown and uncertainties. There's a lot of uns in this coming season, UNs. So as we dive into our fantasy breakdown here, we're going to focus on Dave's article, which came out on rotofanatic.com. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Dave writes on there. Dave does excellent work. I'm also on there doing regular things. And in this series, it's called Fire and Ice. So yeah, it's basically hot streaks, cold streaks, and in a season of 60 games, whoo, man, this is the kind of edge you need. So when I was saying, hey, what kind of data can you rely on? Dave, I really think article like yours really gives us a window into the type of at least um, layout 
that we can expect from this season? What was that your purpose in writing the article? Or are you just trying to find guys who might, you know, you're still rolling the dice. Maybe these are guys that'll hit. So we did a part one, part two, and uh, there was no baseball at the time, nothing to break down. We were, I mean, even when I started writing this, we didn't know how many games we'd get. So it actually started with like potentials of games and variables. So what I wanted to do is take a small sample size of 2019. And part one was basically taking a look at the top 50 guys, 10 guys, and giving their coldest streak that they had in a certain time frame. Because if they replicated even that coldest streak in 60 games, boy, they'd look terrible, right? It would just completely make the, you know, they'd finish, you know, even if they were great, you know, like for hitters, we did 20 games. And um, if you, even if they were terrible in that 20, well, the, and they were spectacular, the other 40, you wouldn't end up getting the value. In the, at the end of the season, you'd go, oh, I drafted, you know, uh, just a certain guy first, and it ended up not being as good as I'd wanted at the end. And that was, you know, vice versa. And the second part was, here's guys outside of the top 200. Here's some really, truly, like, elite, you know, level they played at for a time. What would happen if they just replicated that? And that alone in the 60 games, you know, they would end up looking so much better. And that's the, the wonkiness that we're going to see here. And that's where uh, sort of the, the background to it, you know, actually showed up. I think that's why trading a top five, top 10 player, if you are in a keeper league or you already drafted and you got one and you could get a boatload of guys in return, I think I would do that. I think the strategy pays off because if you're pinning your hopes on one guy who would be good throughout an entire 162 game season, but with 60 games, I'd rather have more options to play with to find out who's going to hit and who's going to miss. Right. Right. And so like my, my part was, I remember talking to somebody about the article and I said, there's going to be one or two of these guys in this article that people are going to just be pissed that they, that they drafted. You're going <laughs> to like someone actually DM'd me and was like, how dare you talk about Cody Bellinger that way? Like, and I'm like, I get it, man. And he was like spectacular the first month. And then in the article, I kind of showed he was, you know, a 400 hitter for the first month. And maybe that's what he'll be, you know, again, you know, to start the season. And I'll look, you know, someone will say I look bad. But, you know, towards the end, I don't want to say he sputtered. But for a guy who was 400 hitter for so long and then ended at 300, he had to have streaks where he wasn't a four, you know, a 300 hitter. So what happened in there? You know, it's kind of a back and forth. And it was just like a different way I wanted to think about it as opposed to just you know, oh, he's going to hit 300 all year. You know, we're not going to get that. And we've looked, I know in Roto Fanatic, we've looked a lot at peaks and valleys and what potentially guys could be and couldn't be, you know, since we don't really know, we just were looking at another way to gauge players for this upcoming year. So true, Dave. I completely agree with you. And that's why I'm trying to get every piece of information from everybody I can to try to make some determinations on this shit because it's crazy, man. It is. I don't think we can overstate it enough. People are trying to give each other edges. They're trying to give us, you're trying to share your data, but these are hot streaks that happen. Who's to say they will or won't happen again. They're just 20 game samples. They're, they're short samples from what players did for a moment. And if, you know, Dansby Swanson, who's going in the two hundreds, typically in drafts, if he can explode for 60 games and be an MVP, I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Well, and that was the purpose of it. It was like, um, I was looking at like who the projected leaders were. And I think it was like, uh, like Alonzo for like 18 home, home runs. 
Well, and only at like a third of the season, Swanson had put up, like, I think it was a peak of seven, right? Or eight home runs, something yeah. like that. And so it's like, he'd still have 40 more games just to do whatever, right? And still return lots of value based on just his projection. So, you know, stuff like, as opposed to somebody else. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of the names that I'd put in the second part ends up being so incredibly more valuable than what you were drafting, you know? And that was sort of like, the purpose of it is buyer beware on both ends of the spectrum on this one. Well, I think, I think there's so much wackiness and randomness within baseball more than any other sport. And that's, this is why I love Dave's article so much is three pitchers that he mentions that went on amazing five game hot streaks, uh, Stroman, Bundy and Alcantara. That's half the, you know, half 50 to 60% of the starts that they're going to get in a shortened season. So you get, you know, you got Stroman on here, five-game hot streak where he went 1.79 ERA, super low whip, struck out 32 guys. You get that out of Stroman, he's going to end up being a top-10 guy and ADP over 200 right now. So that's going to be the thing is you're going to be able to draft guys later that maybe in a 162-game season they'll come back to earth. But in a quick chase like this, you can get a guy in 250, 260 that could end up being a top-10 player over 60 games. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's what makes it so bizarro, man. I mean, you did post the projections in your article. Pete Alonzo, Mike Trout, and Giancarlo Stanton, about 16 home runs are projected by Steamer. But, you know, anybody could hit 16 home runs in a season. I said Miguel Sano could do that in his sleep. You know, Nelson Cruz could beat that. We were talking about guys last week for projections, and I was throwing them out in our shine or ride the pine segment. And Kyle Schwarber was a guy that were people like, oh, yeah, he could hit 20 home runs easily in a 60-game season. Now, I don't know if it'll be easily, but these are the kind of realities where people will hang their hats on victory. The leagues that they won this year. Hey, I won. Look at me. I'm the winner. Look at me. You're going to be the luckiest winners around, I'm telling you. Even for all of us who are trying to gain the uh, information to get advantages from others, I'm really going <laughs> to – I can't wait to see all these – Lucky winners of the 2020 fantasy baseball season. You know, Mike, I'm thinking about the, the deep keeper league that I'm in that you used to be in. And in the offseason, there's always so many trades where guys will trade. You know, we, we, we keep eight guys. We used to keep 15. You keep eight guys. So there are some guys in our league, and they're the better teams that have three or four picks in ninth, 10th, 11th round. They're going to feast in those rounds with guys. If they hit, like, they're going to be unstoppable if you match those with guys that are already proven and will be steady. Uh, so I, I'm thinking about that big time. I'm actually trying to get some more uh, draft picks within those kind of middle rounds right now uh, so I can hopefully hit on some of these guys that are going to be 180 to 250. Yeah, I think Nomar Mazzara, another guy from Dave's article, is a talked about a lot. At least every pod I've been on, I think he's come up in like five different episodes of various pods over the last three months. People are they're, they're really hoping that Nomar Mazzara can be this guy because he's still only 24 years old. And again, yeah, looked, it, it, it's a crapshoot. Well, I looked into him quite a bit outside of that, just, you know, for the splits and such. One thing I was noticing is he's hitting more and more barrels with less and less plate appearances. If you look at his, like, actual career, hmm. um, so it's and his barrels are just keep going up is so it's like there's a chance that if he could just put it all together for a season I'm not you know I wish it, this was a 162 but you know he's doing more and more with less and less 
every season. And I know it's because they're kind of looking at him and saying, well, he's, he's not hitting, um, you know, lefties very well because, you know, he's just, he's, he's mashing righties. So there, there's just a chance for this guy to really break out if, if that's what he's seeing the most. And I love him in the new park. So that's one reason I wanted to get him in there. I, I think this guy could potentially be at the top of that leaderboard, especially at that price. I love, I love all those guys at that price. Price, price, price. That's what it's all about. A uh, mm-hmm. guy I respect, uh, Steve Paolo. Steve Paolo. You can find him on Twitter at Steve Paolo. We had him on the show a couple of months ago. P-A-U-L-O. He does his own stomper projections. It's his own system that he's been working on. He has Nomar Mazzara, 135 overall for this season. So this is the kind of variance I'm talking about. Depends who you talk to, what day it is, and maybe what time it is, because things change real quickly. Yep. And that's what, you know, that's why I found your article to be useful to look at these little segments and see what we can take out of it. And a guy that's been named on this podcast by our very own Rotofanatic partner, Mike Carter, Mr. Doctor, Dr. Mr. Mike Carter, a couple of weeks ago, he talked about Sandy Alcantara and that he loved him. Remember that, Deary? He was all like, yeah, Sandy Alcantara. Yeah. And he wasn't even thinking about just like short, hot game streaks that he had. I mean, he, he liked him in 160 game season, but yeah, at a, Price of 260 for an ADP, like he saw him as a possible top 10, top 15 pitcher. Mike, yeah, I know he like he's talked about uh, Alcantara before, and I, he likes him a lot more than I do. But it's, again, it's one of those things. He's a young guy, shows flashes, like the Arsenal, like the repertoire change that he had. Um, my only ding on him is he's still a very like volatile pitcher, and when he goes on a bad streak, it's it's really bad. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's, he's a young guy. He's figuring it out. And he could yeah. go the other way where he, maybe you can get the five games of Alcantara that's really good. And then you dump him and you pick up the five games of Stroman that are really good. And then you dump him and you pick up the five games of Bundy that's really good. Right? Like strategy, if you can, Dave. <laughs> that, well, I'm just saying, like, if you can, it's going to be picking up and finding that guy. I think you're going to have to be looking into the future with players so much more than you ever were. Like maybe you were just throwing them out there and you didn't want to have to make the change because it was a long haul and you didn't want to give up on Bundy. But you're going to have to look, you know, that two, three weeks out, pick up a guy that, you know, could be could produce for you in his, you know, more peak area as opposed to the, the Valley. Yeah, I think more than ever with pitchers, you're going to look at other teams' rosters and looking at, you know, let's say a Dylan Bundy or, you know, even a better pitcher than that, like a Lucas Giolito, and look at their matchups coming down the road and when they would possibly be pitching against maybe lesser-tiered teams and then going after those guys for – if someone has a great matchup for three straight days or three straight starts, that could really, really change your team. Yeah, strength of schedule. We're really going to need to take a focus on strength of schedule and – not be afraid to pull that trigger early. Man, I would hate to miss out on, you know, the peak of, you know, one of these guys just because I was like, oh, I'm going to see how well I still did on, you know, a, a Bundy or a Stroman if I had them, you know, on my team. That is true. I have concerns for anybody playing in a league that has transaction limits because I think transactions are going to be more crucial this season than ever, especially if you mm-hmm. have a weekly like seven or five that could really be a bummer. I mean, everyone's on the same page technically, so there's no advantages, but I would not like to play in a league like that because I think there'll be a lot of pickups and guys that have a day like a, you know, a four home run day like our old buddy back in the day from the Cincinnati Reds. What the hell is his mm-hmm. name? 
Scooter yeah, yeah. Oh, Scooter, Scooter. You either got to yeah. expand your rosters or you got to have more pickups, but you can't have a thin bench with very few pickups because that's going to be very bad. I, I actually thought about maybe they should do it the other way. And mm. to just let there be a lot of churn and burn is only have a starting roster that you have to start every week. And that way the pool is just there for guys to go crazy every week on. Like how fun would that be if you had to make those decisions? And the like the next week the big free agent, you know, waiver wire would just be like pandemonium again every week, as opposed to the long benches. I don't think anyone's gonna do it, but it would just be for more chaotic in, in our season. I, I, I like the idea that's extremely similar to that where yeah, you have that roster for a week, you play that roster, and then you take like your optimal lineup. So let's say you have a guy on a bench that is playing shortstop, and let's say you don't play him, you play Dansby Swanson instead. But you end up taking his numbers because they were better. So it kind of takes less strategy out of it, and you're just playing who you have on your roster, and you're taking your optimal lineup, which which could be fun. Sure. I want to talk about Jeff Zimmerman's hitter rankings he released on Roto Fanatic the other day because he is obviously making his own projections and creating through his own system. He wrote the book, The Process. Uh, It's a very well-known book. He has his whole – system which you can read about online i'm not going to break it down for you here but i will tell you that it's starting to get real this craziness this goofiness this wild season because he has bryce harper sixth this is hitter rankings only not combined hitters and pitchers and that's pretty that's a pretty big jump you know i I don't know if I could buy into that, but I could also see it happening too. So I can't really argue some of these points because we're talking in theoreticals, but you look at guys like Francisco Lindor are 17th for him and Luis Robert is 21 for him overall. There's been a massive jump for most people doing work on projections and data analysis on stolen bases for the season. Like people are saying, if you don't have steals involved, especially if you're playing Roto, you're screwing yourself. What do you think of that, Dave? It's going to come down to somewhat of, roster construction for me and how I'm actually drafting I did I read Jeff's article I, I like Jeff's work a lot and I buy the process every year you know that I can <laughs> I, I, I well I, 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 I preach it to people even before he joined Roto Fanatic I was a big fan of Jeff's um, and I did get to talk to him at first pitch like it was such a pleasure to meet him he was like the nicest oh guy. really yeah I was at first pitch and I'm standing there you know with the introductory you know, like hall meeting and next to me is Jeff Zimmerman I'm like oh my god you're Jeff Zimmerman like, I just was like, you don't know how many times I enjoyed reading this and doing it. So I won't go too Was that this boy, year's uh, first pitch? You know, actually, I was down in Florida, the inaugural Florida one. Oh, yeah, uh, for this year or last year? This year. Oh, just, cool. Yeah, just before, like, everything hit. Like, I had gone there, came back, and, like, COVID shut everything down. Yeah. But, that seems like a lifetime uh, ago. <laughs> it does. It does. But, uh, you know, Jeff's a numbers guy. And so – I know what he's putting it into is a lot of, I don't know how much he's eyeballing things, to be honest. I think it's a hundred percent numbers. So in his, in his system. So when, when it puts it that way, I take big note to it. And I was reading through trying to kind of go over it. And I remember having talks with like my brother about it, like, Hey, Jeff Zimmerman thinks this guy and this guy are close. And, and he's like, huh, I wonder why. And then, so I tried to explain why I would think it would be like that, that Bryce Harper at six one, like you could sell me on it. Right, he could. He's shown the potential to have a monster season and to be an incredibly strong player. And he does do quite a bit of things. He does steal bases, albeit not thirty or you know, but he does hit lots of home runs. 
slight ding on batting average, but counting stats, he's always been, you know, a guy. And this is going to be his second year after that big contract, so he could bounce back even better. The park is great for him. So, you know, Harper was a guy that I've been looking at as someone I'd like to take early. I, you know, it's debatable between people, but I was pushing him up before the 60. I, I don't know if six is where I'd put him, but, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely have him higher than I think the majority. Yeah, you're right about the numbers with Jeff, and that gives it more validity. He definitely is not an eyeballer, and you're clearly familiar with his work, so I respect that. I just look at these projections with Malik Smith, 68 overall, man. That's that's a huge bump, and that's a guy that gets dismissed through all of draft season, even when COVID is slowly starting to develop. People are like, well, you know, he goes 200-plus, even in Roto Leagues. And now that's such a big revolution and change in thought. I'm trying to get my mind wrapped around that. The Malik Smith one. Yeah. Same thing with me. Like, so I I was there and I watched Tout Wars with these guys and I'm like, all right, who are these guys taking? Right. And the Tout Wars is an auction. So you get to see like the best players of the game, you know, they're the best like analysts that you think about in the game fighting over somebody and they're like, Whoa. And I, you know, and I'm like, I think it was Errol Cohen who was like taking Malik Smith. And I remember looking at like, huh, like I was like as out as can be. And then I looked at it, I was like, but he took him. And I'm like, well, and is he seeing something? And that's why I, you know, I enjoy the, the baseball banter and back and forth is I almost rather prefer that somebody disagrees with me. Cause I'm like, what am I missing? What are we learning? Right. For Jeff to put him that high. I'm like, huh, he must think he's getting all the playing time. He must, you know, obviously this guy could steal a category for you, you know, and maybe, and you can make up, stolen you can make up home runs and power and counting stats i'm assuming that's what he went with i haven't asked him about it but that's probably it i'm guessing yeah man i can't wait to see what happens i really hope the season goes off and there's actual baseball so we can find out who knows what and who looks like a genius and which legend of the industry is best uh any other thoughts did you look at these dearie does anything stand out to you or is this just how it is? We just have to accept that we're in an alternate reality now and we're going to be looking at different numbers. Yeah, you could really just throw a dart onto a wall, <laughs> put 300 guys up there, throw a dart on there, and if you look at their numbers long enough, you can find something in there. And that's what I love. That's why I love baseball so much. So, yeah, going back to like a Malik Smith, like I'm not taking Malik Smith at all, but hey, if I want to steal a category with him getting those stolen bases, hey, he could get three or four in a week. The guy, We'll probably steal 20 in a 60-game season if he plays the whole 60 games. So I'm not drafting him at any other style league. But, hey, if i am got steals as a category, which is always hard to win, and, you know, throw that guy out there on Monday and Tuesday, maybe you got three steals, and then you sit him the rest, the rest of the time. So that's why Zimmerman's article is great is because really looking different into there, like like you said with uh, Luis uh, Robert, you know, 21 on there. The guy hasn't even played a major league game, but – you know, you, you go deep into his minor league numbers and you look at, you know, that lineup he's playing in. You throw that dart on the wall, pick any guy, go deep enough into the numbers. So, uh, um, that's that's why I love this, the randomness, and uh, it's going to make for a fun season for sure. Yeah, I think I think I was talking about this with somebody else. I talked to too many people. And we were talking about uh, what it takes to kind of be elite in fantasy as a player. And you kind of have to do everything, right? You can't just be, you know, these five category contributors, especially in Roto, get that massive bump up, right? And, and 
I, I don't, again, I know he put him at 21. I think he kind of explains it like he's just higher than everybody. It doesn't mean he's taking him as 21 overall, I don't, I don't believe. Right. But if you can't do everything, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to find another player to make it up. And, uh, you know, Robert and uh, guys like uh, Robles have been pretty big targets now for me over the last little bit because they can contribute multiple ways. And, and same with that Malik Smith one. I don't think I have him anywhere, but mm-hmm. – we're going to be drafting all over again here very soon. So he'll probably be bumped up on the radar for sure. And wait, boy, a lot of power. He actually got on base a little bit better last year. I was kind of warming up to him in an OBP league, oddly enough. So I don't know. This is not the Malik Smith hours. We're going to show on Malik Smith, but let's no more. Uh, help. Yeah, no mas, no mas. You know, it's, it's so funny. Dave's just like, talking about how he reads so many articles you know, on Twitter constantly with so many other guys in the industry, you can really get yourself in a wild, wild hole of madness in your brain because you get so much information in there. And it's like, oh my God, I love this guy now. I love this guy now. Especially when you respect so many people within the industry, it'll drive you yeah. mad, which, uh, which is fun. Absolutely. I completely agree, Derek. Let's have a bound visit, huh? Let's go out to the mound and uh, regather our thoughts here. What the hell's going on out there? Looks like a convention. Pretty soon they're gonna call the roll. <laughs> Get your ass out there and check it out. On the mound, we'd like to have a moment talk about mental health in baseball. And this week, unfortunately, and fortunately, because I think it's good to enlighten and bring awareness to the situation. Andrew Tolis of the Dodgers, remember him? Yep. Oh yeah. Two years ago, he was a starting outfielder for the Dodgers, and now he's found homeless behind a, a FedEx with a beard, and he's all messed up. He's been in, like, 20 different mental health facilities in the last year or so. This article I read, just very dev- devastating. I feel really bad for a guy like that because he, he was hoping to have the best of everything in life, and then, like, Dad, it's gone. And now he's a guy who has been struggling just to stay alive now. I, I just – I felt really bad for the guy. I don't know if anybody wanted to comment on that. I know, Deary, you are the one who brought this to my attention. I wasn't even aware of it. Yeah, just, you know, I, I heard about it. Somebody posted, I think it was Bob Nightingale posted an article the other day about it. And then I kind of looked deeper into kind of the history of what's been going on with him since he's been out of the league. And it's really heartbreaking because he suffers from being bipolar. He's schizophrenic. And he's just kind of been on the streets. His, his family has no idea where he's been. He's kind of been all over the place. He's been in and out of in and out of jail. And it's it's all because of stuff that's going on that he can't control. You know, it's it's mental illness. I, I I see that there's a lot of LA Dodgers that are like reaching out. Justin Turner offered you know to pay for him to get into some uh, you know to go get some help and get him into a, a facility to treat some of his issues. And I guess he's been in and out of you know mental health facilities and, and rehabs over the last two years. And it's like, he's there for like six, seven days, starts to get better and then takes off. And, uh, you know, his agent and, you know, the LA Dodgers organization, you know, as he had first left the team are doing everything they could to help out. And it's, it's really heartbreaking. And it's, it's a story that happens probably a lot more than we know of, um, you know, of guys that, you know, end up out of the game and have some, some issues that aren't really that they really can't control. And, you know, we talked about it last week and, you know, hoping that, you know, teams and organizations are doing the best to help these guys when they have them in their locker rooms. And 
that they don't end up once they are out of baseball that you know they end up in a situation like Andrew Tolis. You know, if if this was something that could have you know been handled and gotten him on the right medication, gotten him the right help, you know, when he was with the LA Dodgers, maybe you know when he gets out of the game, you know, he he's set up in a good position. But uh, it's a really heartbreaking story, and you know, I, I wish the best for him. And uh, I I know a lot of guys in baseball have been tweeting out and talking about how, how they'd like to help. And uh, I hope that he does get some help and he can get back on the right track. Yeah. When yeah. I saw this one in the, in the notes, I was a big uh, a fan of it. Cause I had read that article too. And it was pretty saddening to hear kind of all that, that how a guy who could kind of be at this pinnacle of his life quickly went down the other way. Right. He kind of brought us all out of joy, uh, you know, playing and, and performing in front of us. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think, I, I doubt he ever listens to this, but I hope he gets better. I, I <laughs> hope that base, I, I hope that, you know, Andrew, if, you know, I hope that baseball is an afterthought and your mental health comes first. That's so incredibly important as just a person, right? We all go through our ups and downs and uh, it was pretty excruciating to hear. I think it was USA Today that, that put it out, but um, you know, you just, you never know. Like I got some friends that are actually like former ball players and, and I know some people that are um, coaches and uh, they talk about the strain that you get just in travel. You know, you don't have family around you all the time. You're relying, relying on a lot of uh, just people as far as the ball club. You know, you don't have, like, it's hard. Like, a, lot of, a good portion of their days, they don't have that nucleus that the three of us have, you know, when we come home, you know, for something. And that sense of normalcy is so much different, right? You go to an away park and everybody hates you. You go to a home park and everybody loves you. At, you know, a guy like him at the drop of a hat, a, a bad 20 game, you know, cold stretch from, you know, could have made him back to the minors and he'd never play again. And he's got to know that, you know, that, you know, he's just a, a player. So I could see this taking a toll. I'm surprised that we don't hear more about this stuff. And I, I hope that they do have, I, I do hope they do have some sort of facility in there for these guys and some kind of like uh, psychosis that they go through. I know that, um, you know, I listen to the pitcher list ones a lot, their, their pods, and they do talk about the mental aspect of a lot of these pitchers and stuff, you know, and so it, I'm like, wow, yeah, like, there needs to be this part of the game that really does need to get talked to about more so, and maybe that'll affect a guy why he had a good or bad stretch, just we don't know yet. Yeah, <clears throat> the mental fortitude it takes to play professional sports to be able to be resilient, especially in baseball, if mm -hmm. you're dealing with a disorder that you're struggling to treat, honestly, and then you throw that on top of it, it's a recipe for a lot of pain, unfortunately. So I don't, I feel bad for him. I just feel like a guy like him needs to focus on his mental health before enjoying anything about baseball or anything. Baseball should be the last thing to focus on when it gets to that desperate of a point. So we wish you the best, Andrew. We really do. And we'll continue talking about the mental health aspect of the game because it means everything. All right. So, hey, there's no easy segue. <laughs> Let's move into the fun part of the show. Shine or ride the pine. That's right. It's time to find out what Dave and Deary think of the following projections. I'm going to throw a projection at you. You tell me, shine. Yes. Are you in? This person is going to shine like a star or are they going to be riding the pine on the downside of that projection? Make sense to you, Dave? Love it. Let's do it. Already. First off, Alex Bregman, will he hit 300 or better? Dave, what do you think? Yes, I'd uh, shine. Wow, okay, Deary. Def 
Yeah, I'll take Shine as well. I think he's going to have a great season. It's a good contact hitter, and that park is a wonderful place to hit in. So I'd take that. Alrighty, I like it. By the way, we're using the projections of Mr. Steve Paolo. Stopperprojections.com. Tom. Stopperprojections.com. S-T-O-M-P-E-R. Stopper projections. So you're using Steve's work because the, the last few times you're just ballparking in your own head and we're like, whoa, that's way off or that's way over. <laughs> I'm glad that we're getting some help on this now because I know both of us were struggling trying to get some uh, some some help just to try to get some projections on these guys. So thank, thank you, Steve, for helping us out. Yeah, I love making up my own projections, but I thought I'd just base it in what other people are thinking too so we can ground it because there are so many projections out there you could go either way. All right, Correct. so next, Mr. Garrett Cole. 98 strikeouts in 75 innings pitch. That's what Steve says. Dave, are you going to buy 98 strikeouts? I will ride the pine. I think he's going to go less. Hmm. Agree? It just – real quick on it. It just – we're going to – like – are we looking at right there both the innings and the strikeouts? The 98, I just don't know if he's going to hit both of those. I think that they just, we're hearing a lot about the innings limits that are happening. So I think we're going to see the under on these things. That's all. Good point. Yeah, I don't I don't think he gets the innings on the, on the uh, I don't think he gets the 75 innings. And they're going to have short leashes on these guys. No one's going complete games this year. I just don't see that happening. And. Mm-hmm. Cole's going to start the first day, and sure, he might have a no-hitter through five, and he could get pulled. So, uh, uh-huh. I'd say uh, ride the plan on that one. Oh, Alberto Mondesi, the Roto Darling. 19 stolen bases or more, Dave. Is that crazy? I am going to go under by a bit, and there's a chance that Kansas City doesn't run as much. Uh, I could also see um, probably a couple things here where they don't need him to run as much. Last year was very weird with all the base stealers they put on, and it didn't work at all. Like, right, right, they were not a very good team. So I would take the under by a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with Dave on that. I think it's under. I don't see many teams stealing, and, you know, is he even going to play enough games to even get towards that many? Uh, I, I know he was injured for a little bit last year, but uh, I think he struggles to get to 10. Yeah, and I think he needs to. I think he needs to focus more on his batting, to be on, like at the plate, not necessarily the base stealing. I know it's been an extended period of time since he's actually played, so maybe he's getting healthier and healthier. But yeah, that's just too many for me to say. I take the over. Yeah, he doesn't get on base enough. I mean, that the walk percentage, I, it's probably around four and a half or five. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be a struggle. What about Sean Manaya, the old lefty? Steve Paolo has got some high projections for Sean this year. A 272 ERA, and he ranks him in his top 60. What do you think of that? Mm. 260? Or what do you say? Two, well, 272, 272 ERA, and he's got him in his top 65 players overall for projections. Yeah, I'm just going to say he, I'll take the over on this one. I'm actually <laughs> kind of – oh, I'm a Manaya fan. To be honest with you, I think, you know, he's a big, strong guy. And, you know, I, I started him when he had the perfect game. So I'm kind of, you know, like a fan <laughs> of that because it worked out my favorite. But 270, that, you know, that's like great for any, you know, that's great for the top five pitchers. Though. And no, <laughs> not going there. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll take the over. I'll take the ride to find. <laughs> Deary? 
Yeah, it's ride the pine for me as well. I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. You have one or two blow up starts and there's no way you're getting to that ERA. So if you fall behind early, I don't think you're going to have enough innings to get that ERA down to 272. Um, I think he'd be pretty happy with anything around four. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, at first, I, in my head, I thought three, seven, something. I'm like, eh, two. Oh. Yeah, he, he's he's also oh. coming back from injury too. So uh, yeah, um, yeah, I had to plan on that. I'm waiting. Dave and I got to disagree on something. So uh, throw, throw you, go, you go, you go first on the next one. Maybe that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to remember though these short seasons, things could happen. Sean and I could have a great stretch. Who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. All right. Deere, you're going first on this one. David Dahl, 291 batting average or better? How many games does he have to play? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, well, uh, he has to play, looks like, I don't so, know, there's no he, games played on this. I, mean, I have no idea. Thing. I, I don't think the guy's going to stay healthy again, which he could actually get over 290 if he starts out really hot and then gets injured and doesn't play again. So I'm actually going to take the over on this. Oh, wow, he's got him at 200 plate appearances. So yeah, 200 plate appearances at 291. I like it. I'll, I think it's I'll a good call. All right, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, like I really want to say over. I just don't see it. Um, I know it's a great park. That's 100 percent for sure. I know that there's a lot of things that could go his way. It's been a place that's been great for Babips and all that. But I'm going to take the under. I'm still not ready to buy in on Dahl. I still don't own him anywhere, and it's not that I don't trust the player entirely, but yeah, I just think that's a little too high, and I'm going to take the under on this one. All righty. How about Mr. Charlie Morton of the Tampa Bay, used to be called Devil Rays, now they're just the Tampa Bay Rays. Charlie Morton with a 1.22 whip. 1.22 whip, Dave. What do you think? Oh, man. I was hoping he'd say a lot higher again. He is. I'm going to have to check out Steve's uh, rankings. He's bold, man. He's bold. I I follow. He's a good follow. Um, That is too low for me. Like, you start talking about levels of historic that you just don't see. And even in 60, 160, man, there's just no way possible. Love this stuff. I'm bumping him up. I'm a big fan of him this year. But that is far too high for me. I'm doing, I'll take the fight on that one. What about you, Deary? Oh, bucket. One point two two whip. Bucket. You're taking uh, less than that. He's gonna be around one one five. That that, that <laughs> curveball was devastating. Uh, I think he's gonna be dominant in his first few starts because there's gonna be batters that are gonna be super anxious, haven't had a ton of spring training action, and he's a guy I think is gonna be really solid through those first four or five starts, and he's gonna get nine or ten starts in a season. I like Charlie Morton a lot, and I love I love Tampa, and I I think he's going to be a really sneaky guy. I know he's getting up there in age. What is he like, thirty-seven, maybe even thirty-eight now? Um, yeah, book it under one two two. <laughs> Righty, I think that's very doable. I agree. Uh, what about Dakota Hudson, Dave? Dakota Hudson. Now this is the deeper name, but I found the stat interesting. Dakota Hudson. Will he have at least sixty-three innings pitched? Uh, I think I'll take the ride the pine. I, just, I thought so. I, I am so scared about these inning limits, and this isn't a spectacular pitcher to begin with. You know, if, we're, if, we're, if we were looking at Cole for, what, 79, this guy is 62. 
that's kind of strange to think about only 62, but yeah, I'm going, yeah, I'm definitely taking the under and ride the pine on it. Yeah, Dakota's a guy who's growing. Dakota Hudson's a player that I streamed a few times last year, but he's going in certain drafts depending on your format. Deary, 63 innings pitch for Dakota Hudson? 63. Oh, that's tough. He, I mean, he would have to put together just eight to ten really, really solid starts to get to that. So I'm going to say no, even though I think he has the opportunity to be a pretty decent pitcher. Uh, maybe not the best when it comes to walking guys because that seems to be like all he does, but he'll probably win a bunch of games. All right. Man, this is certainly interesting. I like where this is going. How about Will Smith? Not the not the reliever, not the legendary actor and fresh prince. We're talking Will Smith, the latest prince of Los Angeles behind the plate. Six home runs, Dave. Six home runs. Can Will Smith top that? That's a really good number. I was expecting it to be higher. Um, <laughs> really? I don't know what. I don't know what. You know, he hit quite a bit in somewhat of a short period. I'm worried about catcher uh, catchers playing as much as we think. It's being a little bit more splits. I'm going to say over, though, which I didn't think I'd say. But, yeah, I would say I, I think the power's there. I'm, I'll give him eight. I'll go over. Wow, that's fun. Good call. Deary, can you get on board with that? Yeah, I think so. I think if he catches 40 to 45 games, I mean, we're also going to have the DH, too, and especially if he has a chance to just take a day off behind the plate. Uh, good number, but I'm on I'm on board with Dave. I think it's about eight, eight, eight to nine. All righty. How about this? Edwin Diaz had a terribly unlucky year last year. Now he's back in business. 11 saves, Mr. Swan. Davithius, can Edwin Diaz give us 12 saves, or is 11 too much? I've done a lot of analysis in Edwin Diaz um, for other things, and I think he's going to bounce back tremendously. I think it's going to be a good year for him. Um, again, he may never listen. Edwin, if you do listen, you need to throw your slider a little slower <laughs> and try and get some more, try and get some more break on it because I think it would make you better. You're throwing it too fast. I think he is going to get over those amount of saves. I will say I'll take the uh, shine. All right, Deary, I think this is an easy call, right? Edwin Diaz, 11 saves or more? I like Edwin Diaz as well, and I think he's going to have a, a big bounce-back season. I think maybe maybe I get scared is, are the Mets going to be able to win enough games? I think the East is going to be really, really difficult when you bring the American right. into it. Uh, There's a lot, but a lot of bad teams there, too, yeah. I, I'm going gut on this one, and I, you know, generally when I make these predictions, it's always gut, and a little bit of analysis and deep into the numbers. Uh, I'm rooting for him for a big bounce back this year, so I'm going to say yes, he does. Hey, all right. Uh, David, did you want to throw something in on that real quick? No, oh, I was just saying that, I mean, there's some great ones over in the East. There's some really bad teams, too, so that's... I think the Mets are better than we're giving them credit, albeit, you know, I, I think that they're better than we expect. Yeah. Be, it could be a sleeper team to me, I think. I think the Mets could win the division. Who the hell knows? How about Jorge Soler? Jorge Soler, 10 home runs or more. That seems like it's a very easy call, doesn't it, Mr. Swan? Um, it's a bit harder than I thought, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Well, and I know, and you know, I'm a Cubs fan. Solaire was one of our guys, and I go out uh, and see him do really well. Yep. Uh, hey, at least you got Mike Montgomery out of it, though. Yep, thanks. 
And so he was, um, you know, he was a master of barrels, which are pretty indicative of hitting home runs. I still think he's going to do them. I'll take the over. Uh, I will take him to shine on this one, but uh, I go back and forth on this one. I truly do. But yes, I'll, I'll take him for the, sh- for the uh, shine. Shining, Deary, easy call in the 10 homers. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that as well. I mean, he had a pretty solid first half and an even better second half. I mean, he didn't really have too many lulls throughout the season. It kind of took him a little bit to get going, but if I'm going to win my fantasy league, I'm going to need him to have a huge season, and he did last year, and it was part of the reason that I won last year, so I'll say shine. All right, we're getting down to the wire here. we got a couple more. Christian Walker, first baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Formerly an Orioles prospect. Didn't quite work out, but now Christian Walker's getting some run. 13 home runs projected for Christian Walker. Three more than Jorge Soler. Can you buy into that, Davidius? No, for me, this is going to be a little bit more of an easier ride to find. Uh, I do believe in him somewhat, but he pretty much tailed off that whole second half that I thought pitchers kind of started to figure him out. And he did jump jump up out of nowhere. I, I like the power that he does show. Uh, I just think that's too many in a 60 game. I would take the under on that one, for sure. Deary, are you willing to go over? I take I take the under as well. The guy strikes out just too much, and uh, 13 home runs is a lot. So I'll say mm-hmm. it is. Something about uh, Christian Walker has sparked interest for Steve Paolo's projections. How about Rich Hill? Rich Hill, 47 innings pitch. Rich Hill was not even supposed to be a part of the season until halfway through, but now here we are. We are halfway through almost, and Rich Hill, could he pitch 47 innings or more, Dave? I will take the over. I know it's going to be really difficult. I know, I know it's going to be really difficult with some of those inning limit concerns. And I think it was LA that came out and said that they, they got a lot of arms. I really like him for this year. And I think he's a very efficient pitcher and he's a crafty vet. I've been bumping him up a lot of my stuff. So some of it's hope, but I, I think that this is a good year for him. Still being shorter and getting that extra time to, to get healthy really was beneficial to him. Yeah, I'll take the over slightly. Eerie, I think you're taking the under on this. You know, Rich Hill is a guy, my my fantasy buddy Derek and I argue about him every year. He drafts Rich Hill every single year, and I'm just like, how can you draft Rich Hill for a full season? The guy never pitches a full season. I think he's pitched over 100 innings maybe twice in his career. But 40 innings is doable for this guy. He's a modern-day Jamie Moyer. He's 40 years old. <laughs> I don't believe him, but, but he's crafty. There's a reason the guy's been in this league 15 years, so... Richel's a U of M grad. We live in Ann Arbor, so I'm going to take the over with you. Hey, all right. Michigan <laughs> man, through and through. How about that? The curveball will be in action more than at least 47 innings worth. We'll find out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carlos Carrasco. 67 strikeouts or more, Dave. 67 strikeouts? Carlos Carrasco? I'm going to ride the pine on this one. I know that they've talked about him pitching and that he's going to do that. I thought for sure this would be a guy that opted out just due to the fact that the whole cancer thing, I thought it would be very beneficial for him to take the season off and just kind of do his thing. But it looks like he's going to try and play. I still don't think he makes it there. I think they're going to be extremely cautious with this guy. So I'm going to take the under. Ooh. 
Fury. Carrasco, 67 strikeouts or more. You know, I wonder if Carrasco's a guy that only pitches at home and he stays in Cleveland the whole season uh, because of the worries with, you know, him coming back from cancer and with possible compromised, you know, system. So he's a guy I'm really rooting to come back strong, even though I can't stand the Indians. He's a human being, so I have to root for him. Uh, 57's a lot. I'm going to say no on that. Uh, well, Carlos, wish you the best. That's a good take. I didn't think about him only pitching at home. I, I, I kind of like that. I hadn't thought of that one. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, let's see. We'll find out when the season gets started. But let's see if Matt Boyd can have a 436 ERA or lower. 436 or lower. Uh, Deary, tell me this is an easy call, right? Oh, man. Yeah, sure. I got to root for the fucking Tigers anyway, so... Uh... <laughs> Tigers gonna win their. I think they're projected 21 wins or something like that. If they're gonna win 21 games, Matt Boyd's gonna have to go 4.3. If he has, if he duplicates that first half last year, it'll be no problem. So, uh, I think 4.36 is, is doable. He's not a guy who I don't believe is gonna have blow up games. I think he's a guy who could probably go, you know, five six innings, maybe giving up a couple runs. So his ERA will probably end up uh, a little under four. Dave, are you on this Matt Boyd hype uh, train that's been going on all off season? I am so glad you asked this about him. Um, so we're doing our Dark Horse Cy Young article collab very soon here. Ooh. My pick is Matt Boyd. Wow. And there's a lot I really like about him. Uh, when I was at first pitch, I did get to see him pitch. It was him and Cole that Ooh. went up against each other. And he looked tremendous. His stuff was really working. Uh, I saw him mixing in the changeup that looked phenomenal. And I think that's... You know, that and the curveball are all that he is away from being a truly elite, you know, top 10 pitcher, top 15. And to see it, you know, firsthand, I was like, yes, take him everywhere. You will want him everywhere. I think that, you know, in his, his X stats actually were much lower than that 4-3. So I think we're going to see lots of strikeouts. I think the ERA is going to come down. I think it was just a bit of the juice ball that crushed him. Um, and it was basically off of that four-seamer, not necessarily the secondary stuff, which is truly, truly elite. That that slider quite is. I'm going to take the under by a bunch. Okay, we got a... <clears throat> that's a big difference between the two of you. I like that. I love Matt Boyd. I, everybody seems to love him. Pitcher's List loves him. They were talking about the same thing that you were talking about from the uh, first pitch events. I, I yeah, love it. Yep. I love his stuff. I mean, Dave said, like, he has elite stuff. Can he, can he put it together? And mm. get together for eight to I mean, he struck out, like, 30% of the batters he faced last year. Yep. It'll be interesting to see if his command is there and if it all comes together in a short season. And maybe it'll throw him off. We have no idea how these routines will going to mess players up. So, having said that, here's a guy who doesn't really have a routine at the major league level at all. Evan White. Remember him? He was kind of a hot topic coming up as a guy who got a deal as a double-A player from the Mariners. Can Evan White hit 280, Deary? 280 or better, Deary? I just don't know enough about Evan White to, uh, you know, he hasn't had very much, uh, you know, time. I, I'm not going to look up any of his minor league numbers. I know he's young. <laughs> um, he's in Seattle. Uh, uh, 280. No, he's not going to do it. Maybe, maybe Dave has researched Evan White a little more than I have. He's not one of the guys that I've really looked deep into yet. Yeah, I looked into Evan White quite a bunch. 
And <laughs> you know, I did. I, I do a lot of well, too much research. I did a lot of look into him because I was fading early first round or early first baseman in a lot of drafts. And so he was a, a somebody I was looking into as a potential target. I don't 100% believe he'll get that 280. I think he'll be under just because it's quite a jump from double A all the way up to the majors. He wasn't particularly amazing when he was there. I think he's better off as far as plate discipline looks. I, I think he might take more walks and be more of that Kevin Biggio-esque sort of hitter. Uh, if I were to say somebody with a lower average, you know, gets on base a bit and uh, hits a few home runs. Uh, I think they brought him up more so for getting over there at some for you know at some defense, but I just have to go under on this one. It's, it it would be quite amazing if he hit over that. I think even in sixty games, if he played sixty games. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't even remember if he hit over two eighty in the minors, but I remember looking at him for a, a recent pod somewhere else, and you know, going it's good it's not great and it's a huge transition jump and yeah. he's just going to be seeing breakers that are a lot more breaky fastballs <laughs> with a lot more heat right there's going to be so many things that he's going to have to adjust to and i do not want massive adjustments in a short season well evan white is a guy with first base being known as a light position in fantasy he could be a guy that provides value if he gets to break camp be the guy who knows? Just wanted to throw out a wild card there. So there you have it. That's last year in Double A, batted 293. Uh, certainly the power numbers were there. 92 games, had 18 home runs. In 2018 in A ball, he batted 303 in 120 games. But yes, he's making that jump to the majors, and he is a guy who strikes out quite a bit. So might take him a couple years. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to find out. Evan White of the Mariners, boy. Nothing gets a podcast going. Like Evan White talk, baby. Well, hey, did you disagree with any of these projections? Would you prefer a shine or ride the pine on any of the names you heard today? Please send us an email or DM us on Twitter, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, Palazzo Podcast at protonmail.com. And that's it. We have concluded the show. It's been a pleasure having Davithius with us. Man, what a good time that was, man. You really know your stuff. That's why I love you. You're always very perceptive and you can almost talk about any guy at any time so please check out dave's work on rotofanatic.com he does great stuff there and he's just getting going on what he may become someday right dave oh yeah more and more every day that's right and you can find him at davithius on twitter so please check him out on twitter and we thank you for joining us dave it's been a pleasure man thanks for being on the show yeah thanks guys i really appreciate this uh, been a big listener of the fan, you know, ever since the baseball pods, I picked it up. Uh, you guys put a couple of videos out there and I was like, if these guys are willing to do this and look kind of crazy for their pod and I look it up and they've got like a hundred followers. I'm like, they gotta be doing something. They gotta be passionate about this. It's gotta be worth people listening to. So I have no problem jumping on and, and hyping what you guys do. I think it's tremendous when you, when you're a small guy putting out thoughts and doing what you can. I, I've really enjoyed it. You guys have made you know, this little span of, of distress in my life, a lot happier being able to listen to you guys just kind of ramble on. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. No, I keep going, guys. Love it. Very cool. Thank you, David. Pleasure as always. Thanks for tuning in the podcast. Uh, next week, maybe we'll have some baseball intra-squad scores and analysis to talk about. And we'll have Dave back on later in the season once the regular season kicks off. Intra-squad uh, box scores. <laughs> 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 Woo! 
Until then, I'm Michael Govier, he's Chris Deary, and that's Dave Swan. We'll see you later. Bye, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.